Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Corpa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at corpa.com forward slash podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Coupa podcast. Um, this is going to be a good one. We have here a special guest, Stefan, from, uh, from Germany, visiting us, uh, CEO of uh, Favendo, right? Yes, Favendo. Sounds Italian. <laughs> pronounce it perfectly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with Favendo since 2019. Um, Favendo has a, let's say, longer history in the location-based services based on Bluetooth. Um, this is how we come together. Um, we also are a partner of Coupa um, as a reseller in Germany. And uh, I hope you enjoy what we have to discuss or like to bring to you today. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, and, and actually what, what we're going to discuss today with, with Stefan is really an, an important topic. So we'll try to kind of walk you down the, the, the road of uh, Bluetooth uh, um, location service evolution. So. Over, over the years, Bluetooth uh, has been recognized as a de facto technology for uh, many different services. Typically, everyone knows it for connectivity, but also for the past 12 years with the introduction of the beaconing technology. Some of you might remember iBeacon, Ediston, just to mention uh, some of the, some of the uh, profile of protocols that were most, uh, most well-known have been really fine, the different... Uh, uh, placement into the market in terms of enabling services for navigation, wayfinding, uh, uh, or even micro-location. And, uh, but Bluetooth really, uh, as, a, as a such a versatile radio, has been uh, evolving over the, over the years. And, uh, and actually in 2019, with the launch of the 5.1 core release and the Bluetooth direction finding, that has really opened the door to a complete new generation uh, of uh, Bluetooth location services, which are able to take the location uh, down from uh, maybe a few meters to actually sub-meter and also sub-second uh, accuracy. So really to, to enable and provide accurate and real-time location. But uh, b before moving too fast in, into the evolution, so let's, let's, uh, let's hear it from, from Stefan, uh, having been a veteran into the uh, Bluetooth uh, and location technology on uh, on uh, what are his his learning uh, out of uh, using a Bluetooth RSSI, which means uh, receive signal strength indication, or also say like Bluetooth power based uh, into the market. So Stefan, can you can you illuminate us on this? Topic? Yes, um, I mean I have to go back a little bit to the foundation times of Favendo in 2014. And um, in the first use cases where we use Bluetooth, um, we didn't do actually the tracking we do today um, based on, on the Bluetooth technology. So we, um, we rather started um, this um, experimenting with weeks. And um, we set up a system that you would have received uh, beacon or geofence-based notifications. Yeah, so it's more like a proximity use case. Um, which we started with uh, in, in shopping malls, for example, that was later expanded to the cruise ship industry. Um, the next use case we had on this... Um, so Stephen, sorry, sorry to yeah. interrupt you, just to clarify. So for those use cases, so you had beacons that were placed around the environment, like static devices. Yes. And everything running the phone, so there was an app on the phone. 
and the phone was the receiver. Was that the architecture? That exactly. So, so basically, what we started is actually something turned around what we're using today for tracking. So we had basically static beacons or like anchor beacons, as it's often um, named, um, at certain premises, yeah, being like uh, shopping centers or like the cruise ships. And they were first used for proximity marketing and messaging. And then we also integrated it into our indoor navigation system. That means we had um, a system um, based on iOS or Android running on an app into a customer's app where you would have like uh, floor plans and of course hidden path. Yeah, This is why, for example, with the RSSI, um, when you have received the signal from several beacons around you, uh, you can measure the distance, uh, let's say, um, approximately to those beacons. And um, basically, based on this, uh, like signal strengths, um, the remaining signal strengths, uh, which we talked before, um, we had a multilateration algorithm. Uh, so we could do a client based positioning on the smartphone. And of course, um, if you look at the tracking use case, where you would just calculate the position, of course, it's not that accurate as, for example, we have today now with 5.1 and the direction finding. So it depends on the grid of the beacons. Um, you can get an accuracy maybe down to even three meters. And for use cases for indoor navigations in, in larger buildings, that's usually enough because you have the same um the same let's say software layer as you have maybe when driving a car with gps yeah so you get a track but you snap yourself to a certain path yeah and this is why uh in, in this case we worked only with the rssi um solution and also um you might think of a, a cruise ship that has usually very low ceilings a lot of metal um so a lot of reflections and in that case we we actually found a, a good um accuracy in this kind of narrowed and, and uh, like environment with a lot of um, reflections yeah so so practically the the beacons uh, since they are static uh, devices like anchor as you described they create like a bubble of signal and then uh, when when you were approaching then you could use like the link budget so knowing the transmit power the receive power then mm -hmm. try to estimate what was uh, the distance between uh, the two devices uh, and then, as you said, if you have many nodes or anchor around you, then you can trilaterate and try to refine your position to be a little bit, a uh, little bit more accurate. I'm guessing that probably a little bit of average was needed, so to try to stabilize the, the value of the of the signal. But uh, definitely, it's uh, it's it's a great technology. I remember that back in 2010, they were talking about micro location services to be enabled by by beaconing, right? Um, yes, yes. Uh, you you could uh, you could use uh, like say um, the beacon signal also for for other microservices. Uh, for example, we integrated um, with with the cruise ships as well that uh, you could feed the system with certain offers, uh, info on the event, which would be pushed um, to to uh, like the personas using the app. And uh, so I think there was also the use cases where they were actually sniffing with the BLE signals in the beginning, but that is basically now dead um, due to the GDPR evolving in the European Union, um, not to mention other countries. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's a quite interesting. And um, if, if I look at, uh, at the system, you, you can see 
we had static beacons, as you said, and the positioning is done on, on a device. And now when we look at our technologies, um, when we use the VLE for tracking, it's actually the other way around. So we have certain receivers or gateways um, or Koopa locators that you statically mount somewhere and they uh, pick up the beacon signal and uh, then you have a difference between RSSI and uh, and uh, the Cooper system. Actually, so if you look if, if you look at it um, as you've explained it, you might see it as, it's actually the same. So with the RSSI value, you usually have a point, an anchor point, be the tracking or the positioning. Um, with your signal strength, you have a certain let's say radius around it, yeah. and then you take like three, four, five radius, and the intersection of those circles is your approximate position. Right. Or the signal is a little bit blocked by maybe a wall or like a glass or maybe some walls let more signal through. So it's not as accurate um, as, as having already a direction. So basically, so, this is a, is a very, let's say, um, yeah, approximate intersection of those. So you, you, you actually touch base a, 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 a upon a couple of different architectures. So the, the, the one we start was the mobile centric. And then when you flip the system around, and the mobile centric typically it's it's also in the literature referred to as indoor positioning system. Uh, and then when you flip it and you practically have the assets, the mobile assets that are yes. carrying a tag, and then you have a receiver, which is a fixed node now, then it's more referred to, to like RTLS, real-time location system. And, and I believe that the real-time location system can be divided in two different classes. So there are still systems that utilize only RSSI value. So you have tags that broadcast and then you have a, an access point. I believe that uh, all the major access point provider, even, even nowadays, they have Bluetooth on board of, mm -hmm. uh, of those devices uh, aside, uh, aside the, the Wi-Fi. And in that case, they just receive the signal, uh, they, they estimate the, the distance based on the power, and, and in this case, they try to trilaterate on the network side. So do, doing really the kind of asset management. But then uh, what, what you started to introduce, which, which is really when, when Bluetooth kind of jumped to the next generation of location services, it's when they started to, uh, to, to move uh, uh, upon uh, a different methodology for computing uh, the raw measurements of, uh, of, of the signal. And instead of using power, now in this case, they use uh, uh, directions, like angular direction, really seeing where the signal propagates from, and based on that, trying to estimate the, the location of the of the device. So it's, it's in a way like, like a radar system uh, that, that tries to see where the signal comes and then interpret that one within the environment. And, and, and as you said, if, if uh, if instead of using the power, you're using direction, then you can be much more accurate and reliable in providing then that location information. So maybe a question for you, since you you have come from from having tried both both system. So it's, it's is it uh, is it actually for real that the Bluetooth direction finding uh, with, the, with with the with the Coop implementation really brings uh, uh, more accuracy and reliability, or is just on the paper? What is no, 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 it's not just in the paper. I mean, um, we, we have expertise with the RSSI, with our own hardware, with uh, getting a position of an asset. We also integrate, for example, with the access points which you mentioned, for example, with the Aruba series, which have a Bluetooth dongle inside. 
that is already something which can be processed in our location engine. Um, but on the other hand, um, we had use cases or like specific use cases requested, uh, which started also in 2019 to 20 for more precision in particular, also um, in the industry. Yeah? Um, but I think we, we come to the use cases a little bit later, but you would need um, really the accuracy not being for, um, for example, around a desk. Yeah. Or I know I'm, I'm in that particular room or like at the corner of the room, but you would need um, a, a precise position in, in that room or maybe um, in an interim stock yeah, where you have a lot of um, like pallets which get moved or like stick together quite closely. Then you need really to identify like a square of like 50 by 50 centimeters or even lower um, to uh, um, get your position. And uh, as you mentioned, yes, we can verify the Cooper system works uh, smoothly. We have currently also uh, a deploy here in, in the office that resembles one of our customers' deploys, just to cross-check a little bit about the behavior of the system. And if you compare it uh, to the RSSI system, um, what Fabio mentioned, uh, what you mentioned in the beginning, um, first of all, of course, um, as it's a QE-based system, um, you are really able to um, pump up the, the frequency in, in how you update actually the position. That means like the, the tags in, in the front end, for example, um, unless you use a little bit software smoothing, they look uh, much less chumpy, for example, in, in compared to, to other solutions. Yeah. Um, and uh, also the, the movement itself, it's, 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 it's much smoother and, and accurate. So we did a test, um, actually you cannot see it in the post, uh, podcast, but for example, if I have a, imagine an RSSI beacon and I carry it around Myself, if I carry it in the left hand on the right hand and I spread the, the, the hand from my body, you would approximately get roughly the same position. If you have a Cooper tag and you put one Cooper tag in your right hand, you spread it out in, in the left hand, and then you move the hands together in front of your body, um, it will show that the two tags will merge actually in the system. So that's, uh, that's a, a small showcase, but you can imagine how accurate it is. And uh, that's that's always something that helps the people understand when they say, "Hey, we can get as accurate at least as the palm of your hand." Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, then they work it, and this is a this is at least the, the ten centimeter or like the, the good submeter case um, you guys can achieve. And I really can uh, say it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's great to hear. So that is not only marketing. And uh, and I believe that since you have a, a great experience uh, uh, having deployed both technology and also also the Cooper technology, you have tested uh, also to in an environment where there is actually multipath. You you were mentioning that when you go to metallic uh, environment or or you go to an industrial site, definitely you have metallic shelf and you have racks and you have forklift or or general reflectors in the area, and that really uh, comes up to the implementation. Of the of the Bluetooth direction finding and uh, and that's where, for instance, Coupa has, has spent uh, uh, I think the first 15 the last 15 years to to really build the, the intelligence and the logic to to cope and mitigate with the with the multipath and uh, I believe that uh, nowadays you and, and your team and uh, and your customers are probably enjoying that that kind of development. Yes, yes, for sure. So so maybe what what, what I could do is to Tell something about uh, the, the the historical uh, part of Bluetooth direction finding because actually uh, mm -hmm. myself, our CTO, 
and, and some of our founders like, like, like Imo, we were involved in the already in the very early stage uh, of the standardization. We were not Coop at that time. We were working for Nokia uh, in the Nokia Research Center. And uh, and um, what what uh, what happened is that uh, in uh, 2004, 2005, we started to work uh, on uh, um, local connectivity and uh, and uh, location technologies. And at that time, we were using uh, a proprietary radio technology that only later on became Bluetooth Low Energy. At that time, uh, was called something different. And uh, and that's when we started to build an interest in in uh, build in uh, building a system for localization by measuring the direction of propagation of the system. Then moving forward in 2010, uh, we we actually started the standardization uh, when we were still within Nokia. And then uh, fast forward in nine years, that's when the standardization uh, for the core uh, product came into the market as. Uh, 5.1 core release and uh, the core release uh, it's it's a very important uh, piece of uh, of technology because it builds the very low la layer enablers for computing the face of the signal and by computing the face of the signal that's like the first building block of many that you need in order to compute the angles and and then from the angles to translate that into into the position and components so what um, what 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 really makes the, the the difference between the historical Bluetooth uh, location services based on power is that now instead of measuring a bubble, we can pierce the bubble by really measuring in direction, and 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 in that way really pinpoint where the position of the, of that object is, and then at the same time we can also measure. Um, uh, the, the the propagation of the signal around the environment, and in fact. It, cope and and uh, and uh, mitigate all the multipath propagation and that's how Coupa can 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 work really successful in those harsh environment but uh, it's it's really uh, important to also see that nowadays uh, and that's a good thing because that's how technology should evolve there are more and more um, for instance silicon vendor or technology provider having uh, uh, even design different design of uh, locators that's how we call it, or antenna rays, as, as other calls it, which is good because that actually shows that uh, there is a need from the market to, to utilize Bluetooth and leverage on all the interoperability and versatility and, and, of course, the market penetration, but at the same time be able to achieve uh, uh, better performances. And, um, and, and Coupa has been... Uh, driving uh, um, the, the the kind of provenness uh, of the of the high accuracy bluetooth location into the market and uh, and especially focusing on the implementation on top of the core enablers that's why we we, we spent uh, a lot of time building uh, the the applications that are used for deployment the telemetry monitoring and really the core of, of, of the engine, which allows not just to set one small lab environment, that's what you can do, actually everybody can do it just by buying one of the demo kit out of any uh, silicon vendor that provides that. But the, the question is how do you build a, a reliable platform that can scale across multiple buildings, multiple floor, multiple sites, indoor and outdoor. And effectively, I believe that Stefan, this is what uh, a solution provider like Favendo is 
uh, is in need, right? To have an engine that they can scale with by by relying on on, on those data, right? What what's how important is for you reliable data in your solution? Um, reliable data is, um, is is very important, and uh, as, as you've mentioned before, also. Um, yeah, if you have a system, um, I mean, we could have maybe bought also just some AOA chipset from Chinese vendors and, and just try to, to tailor a solution. Um, but what you mentioned in the beginning that you start, for example, with the face, um, I always compare it also like to, to an, an audio or like surround system. If there's a phase shift, you will not, you will not get the accurate sound, um, that was intended, um, by the orchestra. And uh, so that's the same with the, the location-based content. Um, plus, on the other hand, uh, Cooper provides good tooling so far, which we have seen for our deploys, um, for rolling out and um, setting up the system. This is something we had learned like uh, also with our other deploys in the RSSI sector, um, that often um, the the accuracy of the system was actually there, but for the end user, it was not visible because like the logic of where everything was positioned or tailored to was a little bit offset to the actual measurements. Yeah. And, and this, uh, this is a, a very important point that you really, when you do a deploy, you're on site, you have really to, to look at possible interferences when setting up the system. And Cooper provides a, a very, um, elaborate tool set um, and planning set. Um, for that means, um, so that we can accurately and now quite easily roll out, um, those deploys. Um, because you really have to think in the end, like the, the physical and the logical positions is, is two ones and you have to, to match it as good as you can to make, uh, the best result or like experience for the, for the end users, which we, which we tailor to. Exactly. And, and I think that especially now that the market is awakening to the idea of leverage on location-based services for improving uh, performances uh, uh, into like workflow or, or getting access to analytics and comprehensive uh, uh, measurements on how items or workers uh, move around or, or just enabling, for instance, security uh, across uh, different uh, different. Um, uh, use cases uh, depending on the environment from mastery to maybe contact tracing then uh, then it's uh, it's important that uh, to have a platform that can can scale across all of that and in some cases i, I believe you have also used maybe the simulator the, the, which is a which is a, a tool yes. that even allows you to simulate the environment even before you put the hardware in place which might help uh, maybe for, for showing the value, right, to the end customer. What is it that they can get if they would make the, the, the investment? So maybe since we started to touch upon the use cases, uh, I really would like to, to, to drill into that. Okay. So you already, you started to, to, to mention a few of them because, you know, technology is cool. We can talk a lot. And I mean, since both you and me come from many years having worked in this in this environment, probably we need to do another podcast only for the tech-savvy people to really drill into that. But uh, if we just think about uh, really what technology value brings to the end customer. So what, 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 uh, what's your experience? I mean, what, 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 how do you see the market uh, evolving and how have you seen it maturing for the, for the past years up to now? 
Um, <clears throat> well, as you as you see, there's still um, it's it's consolidating a little bit. I would say, yeah. Of course, there's a different um, technologies also competing. That means uh, in the portfolio we're talking right now, okay, we are specifying on Bluetooth an indoor location, um, but there's a, a good uh, let's say part which is also viable for for other solutions like AlvaWebin or like com combining RFID, for example, with with BLE tra live tracking solutions. Um, what we've seen so far from the use cases that are getting more and more is that um, companies or like um, organizations are getting more and more aware of certain like waste. Yeah, um, from the Japanese Muda, there's seven different kinds of waste like search times, waiting times, transportation times, and um, if you look at that particular, it's it's very interesting in because in these use cases we we get requests so far. It's always something that then you can measure. Yeah, for example, I can hardly measure the value of an indoor navigation system. Maybe for some customers, maybe if they're late five minutes for dinner or not without the navigation and with, <laughs> I don't know. But in in these use cases, uh, let's think about the healthcare sector or industry. They can really um, take those measurements. You can um, really um, create an added value providing this particular information, for example, into an IoT platform. Yeah. Um, to mention two examples, uh, we had uh, a use case where we implemented an indoor and outdoor combined tracking system at um, Open Pit Mining um, Company in Chile. Mm -hmm. And just in the PUC time, um, Integrating in their uh, IoT system, which is tailored to basically have replaced the paper checklist by digital checklists, and also having an IoT platform where the supervisor can see, okay, which staff member is maybe available to do some maintenance work on the like nearest by machine, which was not always visible. Like, and just in this period of six months, um, we could achieve with the integration and their IoT platform. A productivity increase of 14% and we could reduce the maintenance costs by 18%. Yeah. Wow, those are um, very So um, that just gives you a little bit of hint on, 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 on how much potential actually there's in this in this kind of waste that is in, in some processes uh, still in corporations and um, gives you a good clue on, on where to go. And uh, on the other hand, I mean, what, what was your uh, like most interesting use case in, in the industry? If I if I shoot that back to you, Fabio. Well, I, I've seen uh, I've seen many, and uh, I I remember we have done a project where we were tracking uh, um, animals in farms. Mm -hmm. uh, we have done project where we were tracking cheese in a cheese factory. I didn't even know that there was a need to track in that, but then actually the use case is about quality control. Because they want to know uh, where are those stores in, uh, stored inside the building, make sure that they don't stay uh, for a long time exposed to the wrong temperature or humidity condition. But uh, but for us, uh, uh, beside those ones that are a bit exotic, we did also something around the tsunami. There is actually a case study where we helped the university to 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 measure the debris in case of a tsunami simulation. Those are kind of extreme interesting projects, mm. but the, the, the typical one for us uh, uh, are really spread across uh, verticals. It could be from retail 
the, the, the tracking of shopping cart, shopping basket, uh, to, to do re uh, kind of consumer analytics and understand the layout of, of the retail itself. It could be in, in logistics for, of course, improve uh, uh, workflow productivity or reducing the search time or simply finding tools like in manufacturing where they have those, those special ones. Uh, special tools, security is important for us uh, uh, across the, the, the border. <coughs> and, uh, <coughs> sorry. No problem. And uh, maybe <coughs> uh, another one that is uh, important uh, um, is port. That actually is one of the exciting one. Uh, at, at the moment we have, uh, uh, I, I think more than 70 um, ice hockey arena that are deployed and for the past three years, every single professional game across uh, the, the Finnish Hockey League, Continental Hockey League, KHL and Norwegian Hockey League have been tracked. So in that case, we track the puck uh, and all the players, the, the referee, and the, the, that's, that's a proof when we, we say to your example that, that you can resolve even two tag going to overlapping hands. That's where we track with the accuracy down to 10 centimeters and 150 millisecond latency, an object moving uh, like the puck at 160 kilometer an hour. Maybe it's not needed in the mine, right? That that would be a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit extreme, but, but it could be done. Yeah, um, yeah, but it really depends on the use case. I mean, sometimes uh, you don't need the live updates either, yeah? Um, yeah? So you have to tailor a little bit. Um, from my experience, for example, an RSSI or like also proximity-based solution works well also like when you have, for example, a not so open space, very small uh, rooms, for example, sometimes also like in, in smaller hospitals or like home for the elderly where you have to track just room by room, um, then it's very easy to deploy and you do not need that, that super high accuracy. Um, from the use cases we've seen so far, particularly in industry, um, the strengths which I see in the direction finding um, as provided with Cooper is in particular when you have like um, semi-confined or more open spaces and when you have a good mounting height. Right. That, is, that is a little bit um, where, where the direction finding has a, has a particular strength. The higher you can mount these uh, hardwares, um, the more area you can cover. So you could also say at a certain level um, from the mounting height, um, an RSSI solution or beaconings, when we use that at shopping malls, I think 3.5 to 4, maximum 5 meters is where we go usually. Um, not higher because um, the higher we go, the less signal we lose and the less in, uh, inaccurate the positioning is. Whereas with the with directional finding um, and basically shining down to the floor, uh, the higher you go, the more area you can actually cover with such a system. And uh, this is also then where like uh, this system becomes also quite competitive um, in, in economical benefit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's the use cases we have seen um, where I would. I mean, I'm I'm speaking here for Favendo, but in certain use cases, I uh, uh, I would not recommend a customer to go for an RSSI solution. Um, when he can cover like the the same area for with far less hardware, and um, that's that's a very good thing um, about. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think that that's, that's a critical role that you are playing in that in that case because I mean you are practically 
We'll be engaging with customers that are, again, just approaching the domain of location-based services. And uh, it's important that you guide them and consult them into what is the, the, the best solution at hand for them in order to, to solve their, their, their problem. And uh, since you have done it for many years, then that kind of feedback is, is I'm sure, extremely valuable for them. But uh, hey, Stefan, this was uh, extremely enlightening. And uh, maybe I have the last question for you. I mean, we talked about the evolution. We talked about the past. But how do you see the future? How do you see the, the, next, uh, the next year with the with the, with the market, market adoption of location? Well, I think that's going to be interesting because um, a little help comes from the very big players such as Apple, which have introduced now, promote something like with their air tags where you can basically try to find your backpack or whatever asset it is, which is not the same what we do actually. Um, it's limited to a certain tag. It's like proximity, um, notification once you arrived in the proximity of the asset we actually what we do here is calculating the position but um given the given the fact that like after the pandemic uh, we see the urge for digitalization having this from the consumer market also pushed a little bit into the minds maybe also of the the managers or like that are not necessarily like in the it but um let's say plant supervisors and and so on um, I think this is a, a very um, like um, evolving market, and there's a, a good potential, particularly in the industry or in the healthcare sector, um, for these kind of asset tracking needs. Um, and it's also what we see most at the moment for the for the requests we get. So, and yeah, good point. What, what, what the, the, then the cool thing is what what we hear or where we stand right now um, with a with us with an let's say intermediate platform, we can provide. Um, the the best of two or maybe three worlds if you wish um for example if it's a, a, li a large production plan we can then provide the high accuracy uh with the cooper tracking there and if you just want to cover also some colleagues or some some assets in some smaller office or storage rooms you could combine it with the rssi solution together and that gives us a, a very very uh, like uh, let's say Good fit um, in the future with Coupa to um, to cater actually more use cases. Yeah, but that's that's a good point because as the projects are growing, also the complexity in execution yes. is growing, and there is a need to provide different shade of uh, of uh, accuracy across the, the site. So you might have an area with with high accuracy, area with low accuracy, area that are outdoor, area that are indoor, and these are. This is, for instance, what we, in, in our world we started to categorize as hybrid RTLS, meaning that the customer wants to know where the asset is. They don't care which technology is running underneath. No, they don't care. They exactly. Just, and it's they, our job, uh, Coupa, Favendo, uh, to, to make sure that that complexity stays uh, under the hood, so to say, and, uh, and the customer will exactly. just enjoy the, the result of that. But, Stefan, I want to really thank you for this uh, uh, discussion. It was very informative, uh, and uh, I hope that our listener has, has found it as interesting as, as I did. So, thank you very much, Stefan, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much for hosting. Goodbye, everyone.